0: Welcome to It Is What It Is, or Is It? I'm your host, Kay Francis, a licensed marriage and family therapist from Knoxville. I'm the author and creator of The It's It's, a children's book series, and my podcast topics will draw from my 40 years of experience in the fields of psychology and business. That includes executive coaching, training, and online program development. Hi out there. Today's podcast is mother-in-law's. I told you it'd be a little lighter than what we've just finished doing, but it's a sensitive topic. Mother-in-laws often get a bad rap. Must admit, in some incidences, they may even deserve it. But hang in here with me and please don't kill the messenger because we're about to dig deeper into this complex relationship. Our topic today isn't to determine who's right or who's wrong, because as we all know, it takes two to make or break a relationship. However, with that said, in my years of practice, I have often come across a mother-in-law or daughter-in-law or son-in-law who were unable to see past themselves. Their need to be right was more important than owning their own stuff and exploring what their negative actions or subtle comments or interesting looks were creating. For sure, it wasn't behavior that encouraged warmth and caring. I have also worked with mother-in-laws who were selfish and held bent on staying number one in their daughter or son's life. They thought nothing of walking into their homes and pretty much taking over. This lack of respect and sensitivity, as well as insight, leads to a tense relationship at best, and one that will definitely create resentment. Before we continue, you should know that I have a son and daughter, so therefore, I have a mother-in-law. So that gives me some experience. I'm not speaking from a textbook. In fact, I never had a textbook or training that covered this relationship. For the most part, the subject was non-existent. I have had the good fortune to work with mother-in-laws who specifically seek counseling for the purpose of improving their relationship with their son or daughter-in-laws. They want to enjoy this relationship, or at the very least, develop a relationship that brings some pleasure to both and that is kind and respectful. Ah, when I get this type of client, I say to myself, now this is a woman sitting across from me, willing to take an objective look at herself. Here is a woman who is here for the right reason. She's not just here to tell me what is wrong with her son or daughter-in-law. She's ready to look and see what may be wrong with her. Maybe she should go through the gym needs. For the past 25 years, my daughter-in-law and I have worked to develop and maintain a good and loving relationship. Notice I said we worked. It takes two willing people having the desire to compromise in order to make personal change and learn the art of adapting and accommodating to one another. And a perfect example is that there are subjects that we don't discuss with each other because our viewpoints are so opposite. But I respect her for hers, and I believe she respects me for mine. So therefore, we know it's best We just don't go there. There's plenty of things to talk about that can make us laugh or that can make us cry or that just is interesting. You know, why debate what's not debatable? But I can't speak for my daughter-in-law. One of the first realizations I had as a mother-in-law was not to expect my daughter-in-law to have the same priorities or perceptions or beliefs as myself or to raise their children the same way I raised mine. It's a different generation with different ideas and rules. Just as we didn't want someone giving us unsolicited advice, they don't want it either. It's better to be asked than to assume they want your input. I would rather be invited to their home rather than them feeling obligated to invite me. I will never forget my own mother-in-law. She was the coldest person I had ever met. And if she was alive, she would still be holding the title. She was so cold, they could have put her in charge of global warming. She was extremely insensitive and at times even cruel in her remarks. Looking back, I realized she laid a great training ground for me when the day came and I became a mother-in-law because if nothing else, what she did for me was to let me know I never wanted to be like her and treat a daughter-in-law in any of the ways that she treated me. I'm sure we can agree that no two families are exactly the same. Once your daughter or son choose their partner, it's time for you to take a step back and remind yourself that it's your child's happiness that's at stake. And as a mother, isn't their happiness ultimately what you want for them? So why put them in a tug-of-war position? That's a lose-lose position in which no one wins, especially you. I've worked with many families, and I'm here to tell you Becoming a mother-in-law is a wonderful role, even if on occasion it requires you keep your opinion to yourself and please never roll your eyes, especially if someone could see you. Try not to judge. I find that this is one of the most challenging characteristics to work on. However, exercising a non-judgmental attitude will serve you well, not only with your relationship with a son or daughter-in-law, but it will serve you well in all of your relationships. There's no question change is difficult for everyone. We're all comfortable with what's familiar. Even if it's negative, we know how to handle it because it is familiar. But navigating your role as a mother-in-law, you will need to examine your willingness to acknowledge any areas in your own personality that could use a little adjustment. Should your daughter or son-in-law ever present you with a statement, behavior, an opinion that simply gets on your last nerve and it couldn't be more contrary from what you believe, take a deep breath. Only offer your opinion if invited to do so. You won't be sorry you took the high road. In these instances, someone has to, and why not let it be you? Because no one is perfect, both of you will overstep on occasion. So don't be hard on yourself or lose sight of the fact that everyone does the best they can do with what they know at the time. So cut yourself some slack. Like any new rule you learn through trial and error, I still shudder when I remember some of the mistakes I made with my children. So you need to remind yourself that when it comes to our daughter and son-in-laws, there's always a training camp. Becoming a mother-in-law is a relationship that requires learning to love this new person in your life. This takes time, so don't get discouraged. I'm sure in time there will be something you can find to love about him or her. If you disapproved of your son or daughter-in-law's choice of a partner, I suggest you realize that this was not your choice to make. Your child's happiness is what needs to be important. You would be wise to put your judgment or whatever negative thoughts you have aside and exercise the following. Be understanding recognizing you each have your own way of being, you each are unique individuals, and you will never think 100% alike. Be tolerant. Know how to hold your tongue. Wait until the time is right to have any discussion that may be very important that you have. And when that time comes, go into it knowing and accepting that the other person's side is just as valid as your side. Really listen and don't become defensive or shut them down patience. Remember you are both learning. Remember training camp? Well, Rome wasn't built in a day and neither is this complex relationship. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is not about letting the other person win. Forgiveness is about healing, letting go, putting whatever the issue is or was behind you and moving forward. Don't hold a grudge. Courage to be open and honest and willing to communicate your feelings, such as feeling unfairly treated, jealousy, anger, or any other negative feeling. Now, that's a scary thought, even opening the door to that discussion, but it can be done. It takes maturity, a little bit of a tough skin, and mutual respect. Boundaries. Setting boundaries is a topic in itself, and I do have one, so you can go back and check it out. So, all I'm going to mention about boundaries is to say they're critical to developing positive and meaningful relationships. They're important to personal growth and individual respect for self and others. Because these six characteristics are learned behavior, with effort you can change or improve any or all of these characteristics if you choose to. Having faith is also a wonderful resource. It can help you through the many bumps and curves thrown in your path. And I promise you, there will be many, that's life. But if you trust how God works in your life, you know you can become the more understanding, tolerant, patient, forgiving, and courageous person. This relationship, although complex, is well worth the effort. You will grow as a person, challenge yourself in ways that you wouldn't have otherwise. But most of all, and the best part, is you will reap the benefits of having another person in your life to care about and enjoy. Our next podcast will be blended families. Now, this is really a worthwhile topic. I think all of the topics are worthwhile. That's why we choose them. But this one, there's so many blended families out there. And there's so many different things happening in those families on so many levels. I won't even go into it now because that would be another hour. So I'll save you that time and just let you know that I hope you join us next week. If you would like to submit a question or suggestion of a topic, you can email me at capital K, capital F, R is in red, A is an apple, and N is in Nancy, M is in Mary, A is an apple, the number one at gmail.com. And I'll do my best to answer as many questions as possible, and I'll also try to consider your topic. Have a safe and blessed week, and remember, to be proud of who you are.